Okay, I'm joined by freelance writer and cycling enthusiast Simon Wicks. Now we're here to talk Tour de France. Obviously, it's begun. We've just had the third stage, which uh, came racing past our London offices this afternoon. You went to have a look. Um, how was it? How was the atmosphere there? Well, the incredible thing is the sheer number of people. Um, one of the comments about the Yorkshire stages, which have been heavily televised, was just how many people turned out, even sort of seasoned tour watchers and people who've been taking part in the tour and organising it for decades were astounded by the sheer numbers, which is, you know, as a cycling fan, it's really wonderful to see. And we saw it again in London today. So that was my overwhelming impression. I, mean, I bet it's sort of thing, actually. But simply to be part of the event was um, exciting in its own way. And to see so many thousands of people pouring out of London offices in central London and around the city lining the roads for the best part of an hour really and some of them have been there for two or three hours um, for a cycling event I mean that's incredible <laughs> ten years ago this just wouldn't have happened I mean this growing it seems to be a growing popularity of the sport in this country is is that actually the case would you feel or is it is it just you know we, we just love a, a good uh, road closure and a party on the street well, I mean, a point of comparison here would be July 2007, which is when the first couple of stages of the tour uh, were in Britain. So we had a prologue in central London, uh, which is a short time trial. And then a, a stage that went down through Kent. And this was Mark Cavendish's first ever ride in the tour. And there were pretty good numbers, but not half the kind, yeah, not, not even half the figure we're seeing today. At the Olympics, we saw more again. Uh, large numbers of people lining the routes and I think that laid the foundation for today Okay, I was one of those at the Olympics I was, uh, I think it was Putney Bridge because it came across um, up from Surrey I think it was, wasn't it? Um, okay, and, and obviously the the race itself we're very early days and you can never really tell is anyone particularly looking looking good any particular team you think we need to watch out for those guys I would say that the, the three favourites have Put a marker down, really. They've made their presence known. Um, that's Chris Froome, uh, Vicenza Nepali, who's actually won a stage already. Uh, Chris Froome has been very lively and active. And Alberto Contador, who personally I think will win, um, purely because he's got race smarts. Um, we've seen Cavendish tumble, but frankly, he's, he's been overtaken by Marcel Kittel, who won stage one and won again today. Um, so we're seeing the new guard coming through in the sprints and we've got a number of very talented younger riders behind that sort of top three of Froome, Nibali and Contador um, who are beginning to emerge so look out for names like TJ Van Garder and um, Michael can never pronounce his name <laughs> Vyatkovsky or Kivatovsky we'll go um, with one of those yeah, yeah he's Polish and I'm afraid I can't pronounce his name apologies Andrew Talansky Boke Malema the Dutch rider who's very gifted um, so there are some very good riders to watch out for, but they're not going to be well, unlikely to be on the podium. Maybe third. Okay, okay. I mean, despite obviously the the, the huge popularity and and the London stages being over now, there's still a lot of cycling in this country to look forward to. Um, people can go and check out the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in what a couple of weeks' time now. It can't be long, can it? Um, and obviously, I, I believe this is a tour of Britain, or has that already happened this year? The tour of Britain, um, the women's tour has taken place and that was a new event um, which was wonderful to see. Uh, what we're also seeing as part of this tour is a concerted campaign to reinstate the Women's Tour de France which has been an on-off event but off for the last few years. 
Um, so consequently, on the last day in Paris, which ends July the 27th, um, there's going to be a women's race. Uh, there are a couple of British riders taking part in that who, to watch out for. Um, the Commonwealth Games road races are going to be great. Um, the quality increases by the year. We've got so many good riders coming through now uh, in the British ranks, both men and women, um, that the quality just goes up and up and up. And of course, you know, the Commonwealth, you've got the Australian riders and Canadian and so on and so forth, who are all very, very good. Um, they're going to be great events, you know, and hopefully we'll see something similar on the streets of, of Glasgow uh, <laughs> when the race comes through there. Indeed. Um, and of course, there are the, the track events too. Okay, so I mean, you you were down um, by by the riverbank uh, watching the cyclists go past at ridiculous speeds, and like you say, so many people getting out there and, and just thoroughly enjoying the the occasion. But I mean, generally speaking, as as a sport and and even as an activity, really, as as a hobby, um, we, I mean, I'm certainly seeing more and more cyclists out um, of a weekend. But it's uh, do you feel that that's the case in this country? Are people just getting into cycling now? I think there's been the most astonishing rise um, and you know somebody needs to write the book about this because to my mind there's been in the last five to seven years a big storm of forces which have pushed cycling to a kind of a peak um, and they range from new companies entering the market to the recession meaning people are driving less and they're looking to spend their money on other forms of transport. Um, fashion trends, all kinds of things come into play here, as well as the success of British riders in the sport. But this isn't just a British phenomenon, it's also a global phenomenon, which is a really interesting thing. Um, to my mind though, that's all great and that's lovely and it's wonderful to see so many more people taking up riding and getting out there on their bikes. I think it's a wonderful thing to do. But if we're going to keep it, we need to spend money on it. And uh, only today, for example, Chris Boardman has been calling for the government to spend £10 a head from the existing transport wow. budget on cycling. That sounds like a lot. At the moment, we spend less than £2 a head on cycling out of our billion, multi-billion pound transport budget. Holland spends, or the Netherlands spend, about £24 a head and have done for decades. We've got a huge way to go. We've got a really, really long way to go before we can seriously say that we're a cycling nation. Um, we're getting there, we've got momentum. For me, we need to build on that now, and that means politicians spending money. Okay, and uh, you feel the backing's there, though, to do that? I think the momentum is there, and the awareness is there. And also what we have are cycling champions, um, in quite high profile positions and some in quite high profile political positions as well. But it's all very well having a lot of people doing it, having an awareness, having days like today where you know the headlines are all about cycling and isn't it amazing, that's great. If we want to keep these kinds of numbers, if we want to become more of a cycling culture and remember that being a cycling culture means our towns and cities become more accessible more friendly, less hostile, more complete environments for everybody, not just cyclists. A well-planned city caters to cyclists and pedestrians equally. Um, if we want to do all of that, we need to put in place the infrastructure, and that means spending money, and bringing expertise in and building this. Then it's there forever. At the moment, this could all disappear in a few months. Strong words there. Strong words. Simon Works, thank you very much. Thank you.